Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are Matty, Calvin and Jamie to look back on season 2022-23. Perks, uh, perks are doing it, uh, perks are doing it outside, you know, you'll hear plane noise, you're going to hear plane noise, you know, dogs barking, birds singing. You know, it's uh, it's quite good. Uh, Matty's got a Matty's got a fake microphone that he thinks might work. That's <laughs> what we always want. You know, we we have started the show, and you know, we've got people talking amongst each other, which is brilliant. We are live. We are live. I mean, we've got we've got a, we've got our live studio audience here. One Mister Mister Mister. Where's Where's the woo? Boo. Come on, give us the woo, Ali. Come on. Thank you, Ali Hill. Thank you. Our live studio audience is here for the our our, our last review of the season in the sun. Um, thank fuck. Thank fuck for that. Precisely, Gordon. Um, what a season it's been. Has it? Great season. Fourth place. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far. I'm fuming. Eh? I'm still fuming. Why are you fuming? You why am I fuming? Not got my guaranteed group stage European football next season. That's why I'm fuming. But we might we we might get there. I think a lot of things will have to go in our way to get there. Um, I hope so, but I, just looking at the potential teams that we can play, I think there's virtually uh, no chance, actually. We'll start the show talking about the Hibs game last week. We got over the line, just finishing fourth. But was it a feeling we we could have um, eventually got third if results had went our way earlier in the season? Yes. <laughs> I don't think it was a case of results going our way. I just think we had done our fucking jobs. What fucking line, by the way? What line did we get over? Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm not line. buying that. I agree with you completely. We got over the line for fourth place. Nah, fuck fourth place. I said, this, I said this to you a few weeks ago as well. I'm not celebrating fourth place. I didn't celebrate fourth place. And as history teaches us, that we're in in July and we're out by August. Um, I think it's not worth celebrating because of the collapse it's been. I think it's different if we were sixth going into the split and then we ended up finishing fourth then fine you know you can maybe say oh well done as we pat in the back but overall it's not good enough it's not been far from good enough and I think um, look I, we were, I was at Ibrox during the week uh, and I walked out before we, we actually equalised heard the roar for some reason there's fans going limbs why doesn't do anything for us it's just a, sh- a pointless point um, different if Aberdeen are getting beat at that time or something or they're drawing then then absolutely it could be a big result but it, it wasn't and um, I think there's such a, a mediocre kind of um, viewpoint right throughout our club um, and it's the same with it you know fair enough listen I celebrated I didn't celebrate but I, I cheered full time because it was getting up hips that, that was the only reason to cheer anything on, on Saturday there um, was to fuck them over Mainly because not because it was like the battle for fourth place or anything like that. It's just because they had ten. Uh, they were playing against ten men for an hour, and they couldn't. They, they couldn't beat us. Um, and you could see how fuming they were, and we Lee spitting the dummy at the end. It was funny, but that's all it was. You know, it wasn't worth sitting around and applauding everybody for a job well done. Uh, it's been a pathetic season. Uh, there's not been very many uh, good things about it. There's been the odd game that you'll maybe remember. You know, pumping Aberdeen five nil the two three nils against Hibs but apart from that really what can you take out this season to be honest with you we've had three away wins all year um, they've fucking ruined basically every good day out um, 
the European games as well. It was great to see these other countries, but on the park, they let us down, I thought. Um, Riga was good, but, you know, you were playing against a bunch of diddies who would be in the championship, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so, overall, I think the only positive thing I can take away from this season is that Nielsen's gone. Um, that's it. Simple as that. You know, we can now look to the future for someone else coming in that can maybe take us up a few levels. I mean, there's Stevie Naismith, right? The B-team manager who's came in and already he showed he's a better coach than uh, than Nielsen's ever been. You know what I mean? I mean, look at the change in players already. Atkinson looks like a totally reborn player. Oda, I mean, I, I thought, I looked at him and thought, he's never a footballer. And and it's it's incredible, the turnaround in that young man, the confidence that he's got now. Um where you would have seen him when he, when he was playing under Nielsen. So I just think wee things like that show you if you get a, someone who maybe knows a little bit about what they're doing, they can take the club to different heights. I mean, Ibrox, again, the game wasn't over by half-time against Rangers. First time we've laid a glove on them and since, I think, we stole a draw on the Halkett. It was poor errors, though, Ibrox, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and it's probably summed up our season, to be honest with you. you know, I thought we were actually really good for the first um, 44 minutes, and I thought we looked pretty comfortable. Um, Rangers kind of I think Rangers main sort of threat came from long range shots and I think we dealt with them quite well and then again it's just about not managing um, the game give away a stupid goal uh, I mean Hills are maybe a little bit unlucky with a slip but um, but overall it's still a poor goal and then the second one's a disgrace you know what's Toby Sibick doing and I've I've backed Toby Sibick you know I've I've been a, a big fan of his but that you can't you can't compensate for that. I mean, I thought it was an embarrassment. Get rid of the ball two minutes into the the um, the second half. I mean, he should be fined for it actually, because you know you could even perhaps say that, that that officially killed our any hope of taking it to the last day. So embarrassing, uh, but it sums up our our uh, defence this season. It's schoolboys to come. One of the most um, lightweight Hearts defences I've ever seen in my life. Um, and when you're going into a European campaign. Um, against clearly better opposition, and if you have any ambition of competing, um, you've got to have people that can do the basics at the back, and our entire back four are as soft as shite. And there's Cochrane again, gets sent off against uh, Hibs. People are saying player of the year. You know, they were they were sitting criticising our tweet. But at the end of the day... Your tweet. My tweet. tweet. Fine, yeah. fine, my tweet. Fine, no bother. I wasn't saying the guy's shite. But no, he has no, a liability. You, to be fair, you weren't. You weren't he has a liability, that. and it's times. clearly he's a liability because there's yeah. two games in the split that he's got sent off. And be oh, he's unlucky. He's not unlucky. Be yeah. be aware of your surroundings. Um, he's still a bit raw though in those situations, isn't he? But he's 23 year old. He shouldn't be raw. Exactly. And you're a better defender than him. So basic, basic football errors. And I just think big games like that, you stand up and be counted. And I think a lot of those players. At the back, they might they might have okay footballing careers, but they're not going to achieve anything in the game. I think these guys, um, I don't think they're the standard that you need you need um, to to take yourself forward. Box standard SPFL players is probably what they are, but if you but you see them any time that they um, they step up um, against better teams, they've been found out by basic basic errors. And I think the fullbacks in particular um, going forward. Yeah, they've done all right, but I think at key times this season, Atkinson as well, um, in Zurich, for example, he was at fault for two goals. His, his job is to fundamentally defend, and it costs two goals. And it's the same with Cochrane as well. Yeah, he might pitch him with goals and assists, but 
ultimately his job as a defender. And I just think if if you want to compete at a decent level, that's your job first and foremost is is to do do your job at the back. And I think these guys just unfortunately aren't good enough in that area. And um, it's fine if you play for Celtic and Rangers, maybe you'll get away with that um, because teams are not coming at you. But but when you're at Hearts, there's particularly against Celtic and Rangers and, and European teams, then you're always leaving yourself open. And unfortunately, if you want to win trophies, if you want to do well in Europe, then you need better defenders. And um, I think that's where the club will have to uh, to look in the summer. Matty, has the problems from this season stemmed from the recruitment at the start of the season? Start of the season and January, I suppose. You can you can sort of label it both for me. Um, I mean, we were, we were all very open on this podcast back in August that we thought we were short. We were short in goals. We actually addressed that, to be fair, bringing in bringing in Xander Clark, and thank Christ we did, by the way, because if we hadn't done that after the transfer window would shut, by the way, we waited until the 1st of fucking September to address that. We'd have been playing with cheesy and goals for six months. That would have been entertaining. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, it was it was, it was was plain to see that we needed a centre-half. We, we lost John Sewer in the summer, didn't replace him. Halkett got injured before the transfer window shut, didn't replace him. We were crap in the back for six months. We brought in a twenty-one-year-old on loan that's about six foot two. He's not even six foot two. He's about six foot one. Can't even hear her. Like hell's okay, but it's not what we needed. We needed something that was going to come in and actually win a fucking header. Like how many times this season have we just lost headers that's cost us goals? It felt like every away day, it felt like we were conceding a goal. Corner into the back post, lose the first header, lose the second header, goal. I mean, it happened at Easter Road. Fucking, I'm pretty sure Ibrox was two was a slip and a, and a dodgy goal, but again, it's poor defending. I mean, we, we've let ourselves down massively. The, the the way the club went about recruitment to not address that, to not address the centre-half issue for an entire year. We went for a whole season without Halkett. He's a dud. Needs to go. Can't be relied on, by the way. But um, needs replaced. But to go through a whole season... To go through the first six months of that season, we were playing fucking Cochrane at centre half at time. We had we had a, we had a back four at times before the January transfer window opened of Natty Atkinson, fucking Stephen Kingsley playing right centre back, right Cochrane at left centre back and Andy Halliday at left back. That was our defence in game. That was that was our starting defence, and we were like, ah, it's fine. We'll just bring in a twenty year old on loan for Bournemouth. Fuck off. We we have got everything we deserve this season. This club has failed from the top down, and we have got everything we deserve. We deserve nothing, and we failed, and we got exactly what we were entitled to. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, as Matt said, we called it out very early doors, but that was we called it out before the injuries to Rolls, before the injuries to Boyce, that we were short up front and we were short at the back. We then lost those two players with two days to go to the transfer window, scrambled around and brought Wigan's fifth-choice striker in on loan, who, to be fair, done a bit. They they done exactly what we expected Wigan's fifth choice striker to do, but we were short before Boyce got injured. We were short before Halkett got injured, and then we still went in to the season. Like Matt says, it wasn't just one game we played that back line. It was with games where Atkinson was playing centre half. Yeah, I know, we played twenty one year old Lewis Nielsen several times, and it's just it, it was a failure. We said it at the time. We said it in the summer. The Nielsen one's one as well. By the way, can I just say what happened to him? We brought him in, he played about 10-11 games, and then didn't kick a ball. Now, as Jamie said, back to the B team. Yeah. 
I mean, Naismith came out. I mean, I read I read Naismith the other the other day. He was in an interview talking about talking about Nielsen, and he's like, ah, he's got all the attributes to be a good centre half and that." But um, he basically came out. I mean, reading between the lines, Naismith went, "He's a fucking idiot, and he can't read the game." Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's essentially what he said. But that's her entire back. I mean, Kyle's before the World Cup actually looked unbelievably good in the air and since the World Cup has just forgotten no, he how it headed a ball no he didn't he came on for six minutes against Rangers won a couple of headers and everybody thought he was a half decent no he played the full 90 he, he, he played he played beside a six foot <laughs> six centre half for Australia that won every fucking header and he stood there Kai Rolls is shit right I am sick of him he's fucking murder he gets bullied off ah, every centre forward in the country though. and he costs his goals every week I'm not disagreeing that at all contract. I think, yeah I'm that not disagreeing whole, that every single centre half of this football club and I'll I'll say I'd maybe keep Civic but I don't classify him as a centre no, half he's a centre they all have to go yeah no you're right I, I think the problem is there's too many people going oh when Halkett's back when Halkett comes back he'll do, his, he'll do something else We we got away with it we got away with it last season because Halkett managed to avoid injuries. But then there was a period where he's out for his usual three months and we were terrible. It was. We didn't get away with it last season, though. The only reason we got away with it is because before he got injured, we'd already wrapped up third. Aye, that's the cup was out for about three months and then he came hobbling back in for a cup final, which Robbie Nielsen threw and then um, one shot on target. Wasn't even a shot on target. He hit the post. Doesn't oh, count. I can, I can, I can, I can. Why, why do we do this? You would just start getting pissed and not do this like whole recording because I'm depressed already. I know I was enjoying myself. Cheers, Ross. <laughs> it's not my fault. You suggested doing uh, this. Aye, uh, smashing. Said to Gordon, I do that hearts will ruin this Saturday, but look at this. <laughs> hearts are ruining our <laughs> Saturdays. We, <laughs> uh, we wouldn't have it any other way. Jamie, do you do you happen to agree with any of these sentiments here that you know Kai Rolls is shit? You know, we 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 got away with stuff last season. Civic shit. The whole back line. Civic's a good shit. football player. He's just not a defender. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're all shit. I think that's that's uh, seriously strong from from Matty, and it's probably the sort of um, sort of statement we've we've come to expect on the Hearts review this season. But um, I, I think <laughs> he's I got think, the club ambassador hat on now. I think I think the defence hasn't been good enough. I think that's kind of clear to see, and, and particularly physically, we've kind of touched on it numerous times now that we seem to concede the same goal just about every week and at Hearts Robbie Nielsen didn't come out and say at Hearts you've got to concede the same goal every week he said at Hearts you've got to win every week and that's something that we've not been doing and ultimately and that's who he's playing against that's what cost Robbie his, his job unfortunately um, we speak about needing a, a centre half that came in and was, was very dominant in the air and, and won headers I think someone unfortunately we got rid of someone that, that was kind of like that and that was that was Mr Benner. Um Mr Benner obviously retired and, and went off to Livingston Um <laughs> As a as an assistant manager, to, well, Spencer, assistant Spencer manager, here. as a this guy. <laughs> as a as a coach, obviously, um, and obviously Livingston have have announced that uh, he won't be staying at the club after the summer. I wonder why that is. He's uh, he's somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing back at Tynecastle um, in the in the coaching department. I think Mr. Berra would would certainly bring a lot in terms of teaching that defence how to head in a ball. He was the master of that. He was he was brilliant at buying buying fouls, winning headers, putting his body on the line for for the club and, and for the badge and that's probably what the defence hasn't done enough this season I think we speak about the Hibs game I thought we defended very well um, and, and you know Ross, Ross has touched on it there we got over the line for that fourth place because as negative as we want to be today that was a, a good result in the end because okay we we wanted third of course we did but that wasn't an option third wasn't going to happen and unfortunately it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot worse than it was on Saturday okay let's let's just focus on that for a second Hibs obviously could have come to think Castle, could have won leapfrogged us in the table and no Gordon said he wasn't bothered about Hibs but that would have been a bit of a disaster you know this as disappointing as it was not to get third place I think uh, 
the boys deserve a bit of credit and the defence sorry yeah. deserves a bit of credit for what they did on Saturday because they did defend well and they did get the, the result that we needed to get they on did Saturday did not defend well on Saturday, I think we no, did. They, did. Well. they didn't. They we got did. A, no, Hibs were just hopeless. No, I think, like, we defend, I think that was oh, down they, to our shape, though. No, I think I think Naismith managed the game incredibly well. I think that's a massive plus in his book. Actually, see what you're saying about better. I know you're trying to take the piss here, right? But taking the piss no, you are. You are. But yeah, but you actually do. You actually do have a very valid point. Is we could do with a proper defensive coach. And better was before he ripped his hamstring off the bone. An unbelievably good defender, especially by Scottish football standards. Because a defence that doesn't win headers in Scottish football is f- fucking useless. I love how we're giving this airtime. You know, this isn't about Crystal Berra. <laughs> no, but I just mean that the <laughs> overall point he makes is right. I know he's yeah. trying. I know he's yeah, at know. it with the, the Berra stuff, right, <laughs> Mister Berra, <laughs> Mister Berra. I but ge- genuinely, I, I think <laughs> we need a bit of space. I think on Saturday though, like, I, I don't think the defence played well at all. I think the defence was hopeless. They, they missed like Kai Rose. The, the whole sending off, everything about that's just a comedy of errors. He, he gets wrong side again. Um, Cochrane misses, they completely loses track of his man again. Hibbs then score from it. Hibbs, Hibbs being terrible up front and relying on Harry McCurdy is what got us over the line on Saturday. Hibbs bring on somebody semi competent and they probably score. I think Naismith managed the game well. I think Shanklin played unbelievable in that second half. I think that's what you need for your centre forward in a game like that. You know, a guy who's just going to win fouls, he's going to keep you up the pitch, he's going to. Because I've seen some Hibs fans be like, "Fucking Lauren Shankland, shite." No, he wasn't. He was actually isn't unbelievably that the case good. For the absolute failure this season. Because the league isn't that an ab- a, a good case for the absolute failure this season has been considering the league is poor. Yeah, I mean, if you look, at, you so look at what bad. Aberdeen finished on what fifty-seven points. Yeah, so fifty-seven points for third places. That's what I mean. That's terrible. Like, like that's yeah. really bad. It's a really low points total. We literally had to, said it ages ago when Spencer was questioned, "Will we finish third?" And this one we're still sitting third. I said it then. All we have to do is win our non-old farm home games, and we, yeah. were, we didn't have to do that. The draw against Hibs would have been fine had we beaten St Mirren at home. Well, St Mirren, yeah, would have been enough. Would have been enough. We didn't have to be good this season. Yeah, like Aberdeen, we didn't have to be good last season. No, we didn't. We were actually quite good last season, though, to an extent. We were. I mean, sixty-seven points isn't a bad total. Fifty-three is hopeless. But it's kind of what you expect in the league that we're in. We should be getting. We should be finishing. Yeah, we should. Uh, high no, points. I don't know. We should. Uh, I say. I think we actually finished. Arguably, we finished the season quite strong. I know people will disagree with that because it, the problem is we're chasing something at that point. It's the highest points that we've had, top six since two thousand and seven. It's actually not a bad end to the season. We played well in most of the games. First half is at Mirren aside, but it was too little, too late. The damage was done. The damage. Like we're going to go into this in great detail, but the damage was done. In March, that's when it was done. Look, right. The sad reality is, is under this ownership regime, we've had one good season, and that was the first season of this ownership regime. Following season, we came up into the Premier League, should have finished second. Everybody mass over it because we we finished third, but the Aberdeen team were there for the taking, and if we hadn't, they went on the beach, we'd have got them. Season after that, miserable failure. Appointed Ian Cathro. Miserable failure. Sacked him. Waited six weeks. Miserable failure. Brought in Craig Levine. Miserable failure. Kept him too long. Miserable failure. Brought in Stendhal. Miserable failure. Got relegated. Went back down to the championship. And as much as it was during COVID, did anyone enjoy a single game that season? We were fucking hopeless. Miserable failure. Following season, we finished third. The rest of the league was crap. We defaulted it by being semi-half decent. And then we've chucked an 11-point lead and blown European group stage football. Somebody show me a positive. Anywhere. Uh, you can't you can't disagree with that, to be honest with you. I mean, I think certainly the, the club is led by donkeys um, for a long, long time. However, 
I would say that there has been a little bit of change and I think we've we've maybe got to give the club a little bit of credit for getting rid of Robbie Nielsen because it would have been easy for them to stick with him until the very least till the end of the season. Um, they obviously seen the danger, but again, it, it was too late. Um, we said back, even when we were playing well, sorry, not playing well, uh, when we were games. getting results, yeah. um, I still thought, when are we actually going to start playing well? And I think when we do play well, we'll maybe kick into gear. That never came. Then obviously the results dried up, the performances were still pretty similar, but this time we were just losing games and uh, we were losing similar amount of goals and there's only so long before you can keep getting away with that and 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 they, I mean it just so happens that Aberdeen put a good run together and um, and they obviously managed to catch us. But if Aberdeen hadn't sacked their manager when they did, put the run together, they did Robbie Nielsen would probably still have been in charge. And unfortunately, as a club, we would have been going nowhere. I mean, fundamentally, we were watching the build-up for the Scottish Cup final now, right? And they just showed a goal that, Ke- that Kyogo scored, right? And it highlighted the Hearts centre-backs, and it put wee pins. Sorry, the whole Hearts back four just popped up on the telly. It's about straight as a fucking roundabout, right? Yeah. They're everywhere. The right centre right has three yards too high. The left centre has three yards too deep. And full-backs are fucking God knows where, right? Ball gets played in, onside, goal. I mean, we've got no leadership. There's no courage, there's no determination in this side. There's one man in this entire heart squad for me, and it's Lord Calvin touched on it. He worked his arse off against Hibs there. Shanklin's the only one outside. Probably Craig Gordon, who's been injured, broke his leg. Poor man. Hope he gets better, because um, Xander Clark's shite. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's one man, really, that's fit at the moment that, I, that you can pin your hat on. We finished fourth in the league with a guy that scored 27 goals. 28, I think it was. Well, um, right? Well, well, we finished third by guys that scored eight. Yeah, yeah. Like, does that if anything highlights how bad we've been, we've got for me the best striker in Scottish football, and we finished fourth. I think Scottish in terms of Scottish, aye, yeah. No, 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 no. There's not. I, I genuinely think he's better than Kyogo. Think so? Mm, not sure and about there's that. There's not. There's no. I, I mean, I wouldn't take a single striker in Scottish football over Lawrence Shankland. Right I would now. take Kyogo, but not anyway. one. Um, I mean, probably because you'd sell him for a fortune. But other than the resale value of Kyogo, I wouldn't take anyone else yeah. in Scottish football. I think. Plus, I think, I'm not saying Celtic are good in the harsh of you. Get fucked. Yeah. I I I I get exactly what you're saying there, and, and it's interesting the Celtic game that that we kind of talk back about because if Hearts had finished fourth and they went and won the Scottish Cup then again it wouldn't have made any difference really we, we, what happened you know that ultimately was going to be the be all and end all and the, the Celtic game such a disappointment because I thought we were beat before a ball was even kicked and it's I think like that in most of the big games under Robbie Nielsen yeah yeah but I mean I just expected us to compete and, and, and really have a go and it was just again it was more of the same old shape same with the European games Big game at Tyne Castle, you know, the fans are up for it. Everybody's thinking, yeah, Hearts will compete here, and we don't. And I think that's the most embarrassing thing. When I think Naismith's came in, and, and even that Celtic game um, back back at Tyne Castle, started, uh, when they were basically coming here to win the league, and I thought we were excellent for the first that, that first half until the red card. Um, and even after the red card, I still thought we were okay. Um you know, you talk about Shankland, and again, his all-round play was probably the one that surprised me. I remember the first time I properly seen Lawrence Shankland was when was when I was in Russia, and uh, he came on at half time. Scotland were two 0 down, and um, you could see there was a bit about him, and I thought that's quite interesting because I just thought he was scoring goals in the championship, but his actual all-round play is really good. And he's quite he's strong as well. You know, it's difficult for. I mean, I think the only thing that he lacks, 
and it's probably he probably would be at a much higher level if he had pace, because um, clearly doesn't. I think that's why the Ginelli thing works with with him um, is that kind of front two is he's got the intelligence, somewhat Boyce in many ways. Um, they they can read the game quite well. Um, I th- people are like, oh, you know, Shanklin and Boyce up front next season. I don't think that would work. I just don't think they 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 have the legs. Boyce is an excellent kind of one to to have in the team if if Shanklin's out of the team for whatever reason. He's a he's a ready made replacement, and and you certainly would trust him. Maybe even rotate them now and again. Um, but I don't I don't really see either of them working together up front. But I think the the Ginelli and Shanklin thing is is really good, and it took Nielsen long enough to see that as well. You know, Ginelli was out of the the team for the majority of of the first half of the season. Um, I thought his best game actually was Riga away in Europe. Uh, I thought he was excellent that night, and I think he he should have kept his place right after that, and that should have been him. And I think he was in and out of the team, um, but as soon as they both kind of formed that partnership, you've seen you've seen what Ginelli gives you. And I mean. Even at Ibrox there midweek, I, I thought he was he was really good and he was unlucky not to score himself. Probably should have done really. Um, so I think if Hearts can keep those two together, keep them fit, then they've got certainly outside probably Celtic. I mean, you don't know what Rangers are going to do in terms of bringing in strikers, but you would certainly say they're the, they're the best partnership in in Scottish football in terms of goals outside of Celtic. Um, and then you've just got to start improving the team elsewhere defensively for a start get a solid I mean look if Hearts concede even half the amount of goals that they did this season they're right up I'm not saying that they would be anywhere near selling Rangers but they would be well clean in third and they would have half a chance at winning the trophy I just think you get that that sorted especially at home I don't see anybody beating Hearts at home um, with with a, a proper solid defence and that type of attack up front do injuries come into this as well? I don't want to kind of play the no, kind of no, excuse. not no, really. Because I don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to play the excuse card. But I, but, I what, but what injuries when when you talk about? Well, I mean, you lose I'm, Craig Gordon. Matt, he's just said yeah, he fine, but I think I, you lose I, Craig Halkett. You lose guys like yeah. Benny Beningame, who I know aren't in the defense, but fine, they certainly but you play a part in protecting are going to be the out. I mean, Beningame was always going to miss the majority. That's of the season. not my point. That's not my point. My point is no, but what I'm saying, I know what you're saying in terms of the injuries, but I don't think it's affected Hearts as much as what people are making out because I think the Craig Gordon one Sander Clark's still a good goalie he's not costly. you disagree with Matt no I think he's a good goalie yeah I, I do disagree with him um, I think he, at the end of the day the man's won he won a, a double a couple of years ago um, he's a Scotland international he is I, I think, think Calvin would have saved the Nisbet free kick at the weekend yeah possibly look uh, makes a couple of good saves after it of course, yeah he does you know he, he, if anything you know he I got mean, man of the match Kelly away Fine, but Craig Gordon made an error at Kelly away earlier in the season. It, it was happens. raining. It was raining. No, listen, it's <laughs> it's one it's one of these things. I think he's a good goalkeeper for this level. Does the Craig Gordon injury? Um, it doesn't derail Hearts finishing third. I, I don't believe that for a second. But the Hearts finish third if Craig Gordon's in goals. I don't even know. I, I I think we still concede the same goals. I really do. I th- I just think that for me for for me Craig Gordon fin- um, getting injured hasn't cost Hearts third third this season. I think Xander Clark's more than capable enough of coming in and doing well. I think defensively, they're just none of them are good enough. It's nothing to do with injuries. I just think gen- even if Halkett's still there, Halkett got relegated is playing for Hearts, so he's not the be all and end all. I think we just need to invest better and bring in better defenders. The point James making about injuries is is a. <laughs> It's a semi-fair one. It's like that spine of that team, if it's fit, finishes third. It's the best spine of the team outside the old firm in Scotland. But it's not like they got injured in November. They were done before the track. Like, two of them were out before the season started. Yeah, Ben Benning was out since March. We knew he was, was going to come back this season. Liam Boyce 
got hurt before the window shut. Craig Halkett get I mean, you can't base a team round Craig Halkett because he's just never going to last a full season. So the point injuries is a fair one, but they knew this going in. They knew this going into the season. These guys were were out, but you and need they to didn't also address recruit it. players that aren't injury prone. Yeah, I mean that. In fair, oh yeah, I mean Craig Halkett was injury prone before he came to Hearts. <laughs> I know, but it's certainly like Liam, Bo- Liam Boyce was. I'll give you yeah. Liam Boyce. Benjamin Ingemi kind of didn't really play that often, so it's hard hard to say with him. But you knew these guys were out, and that it comes back to the point made at the start. It was a failure. Good recruitment. Good recruitment. It was it was a failure. We didn't. There was not enough. There was not enough strength and depth to compete with Europe before these injuries. Once the injuries were there, we were, I mean, we won two games in like three months at the start of the season. Like everyone going like, "Oh, Hearts are going on about the best team that's ever existed outside the old farm." No, we weren't. We want half these players gone in October. Like, we just went on a good run at the same point that Hibs and Aberdeen completely collapsed. Yeah. That gave us this this lead. And on the, the Xander Clark Craig Gordon thing, Craig Gordon getting hurt is going to hurt anything because he's the best goalkeeper in the league, right? He fundamentally is. Is it the difference between the finishing third or not? No. Xander Clark came in and actually shored up the defence quite a bit at first. Xander Clark is a very, very good SPL level goalkeeper. Nah, bollocks. If we've got Craig Gordon in goals, we've finished third. Right, m- maybe because, it, maybe because like, it was so marginal in the end. Like, right? it, was such a, exactly, it was such a marginal finish. Yeah, Craig maybe, 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 Craig, maybe Craig Gordon makes a I stunning mean, save against the Mirren at home. Th- there's an argument that maybe I'm a bit harsh on Xander Clark. I'll accept that a little bit, right? But you're not going to tell someone that spent their youth watching Gilles Rousset, Annie Niemi, Craig Gordon, Marion Kello, then Craig Gordon again that Xander Clark's a harsh level goalkeeper. He's fucking not. Right, it's as simple as that. He's a half. Oh, I think that's harsh. It's he's a half decent SPL goalkeeper. The, the bar is right? so high because the players. You, maybe it is. Maybe it that's is high. Your, your bar right? doesn't my mind is as well because we, that these are the goalkeepers. I'm not. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not accepting that level of goalkeeper. He's made far too many mistakes. He's cost us far too many goals. Aside for Kelly away, Hibs. Right. Okay. Sorry. Aside for Kelly away and Hibs. But aside for Kelly away, the last game of the season. I mean, these are these these are the differences you're talking about. I mean, we, we you're talking about fin, fine margins. What did we miss out on third by? Very fine margins, but then exactly. if, Ross, if Ross Stewart doesn't play against the Mirren, Xander Clark would probably win that game. I mean, if Ross Stewart doesn't play at Celtic Park, he doesn't get man of the match. What a wee hero he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, that is my highlight of the season. Ross Stewart getting man, of the, getting not just man of the match, team of the week. Ah, team of the week. What? Ross Stewart getting team of the week. I, I didn't see that. Do you know coming. what, right? See, see for that performance at Celtic Park and um, getting involved with a scrap against Hibs, I'd keep him. I mean, what, what a hero. Ah, yeah, I mean, third choice four, four choice, life. third or four choice, like, it's absolutely, but... I love Cheesy. I absolutely love him. I yeah, he's funny. Like, yeah, he's funny. Nin- he's funny. 99 banter, one for goalkeeping. Once what more do you need? Launching a hot water bottle, Lee Johnson, is ah, probably yeah, the greatest I thing. I mean, to hit Lee Johnson, it's such a small target as well. He's a goalkeeper. He's a goalkeeper. He's a goalkeeper. He should be good at throwing things, in fairness. See, by the way, quickly, it's been uh, we've not we've not touched on him as being too much of a loser yet in this podcast. But since we're talking about fine margins and reviewing the season and Xander Clark, right? See, when he got injured at Kelly, and our esteemed manager decided that it was a great idea to keep an injured goalkeeper on until half time because we'll just replace him at half time. And then a cross ball comes across the box. The injured goalkeeper can he fucking move, and we go two one down. Um, fine margins, eh? Fine margins. Who could have seen that coming? Who takes off an injured goalkeeper? I'm not sure that's necessarily on Robbie though because I mean you've got physios that go on assess the player the player member needs to say I need to come off if I'm injured no the, the player needs to come off and those on the pitch you know physio needs to physios are mic'd up in that are they not so you know they need to feed back and say Xander's injured Xander needs to be honest himself and say I'm injured I can't continue because the way Xander comes out for that second goal obviously at Rugby Park comes out he, he came out like a goalkeeper that looked injured I didn't think he jumped into the he was obviously coming out for a catch. He looked a bit reluctant to kind of fully commit, if you like. And I think that's kind of probably on him almost more than on Robbie for me, personally. For me, it's Robbie's um, thir- <laughs> th- probably third third worst mistake of the season. Um, 
seconds bringing Josh Janelli on as a right wing back at Livy away. That, actually, that's first. That 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 is a moment that will live with me forever. We were doing all right, drawing the game. Stephen Humphreys is our is our most sort of like threatening looking player on the day. He's battling up front. He's winning headers. He's he's fighting for 50-50s. Crap game, by the way. We might not have won it, right? So so let, let's bring on Josh Janelli. Play him at right wing back. Three minutes later, realise it's an absolute waste, and bring off the centre forwards. We can put Janelli up front. Mines was playing us one centre midfielder against Rangers. That was going to be in there. That was that that <laughs> that, that was in there. I mean, you, that you, that, you, that was the other one in my top three. How you rank them, I'm not too sure. I think you're probably right though, Gordon. Gordon, I'm not taking it. I'm I'm going. It's Josh Janelli, right wing back, one centre midfielder against Rangers, and then it's keeping on an injured goalie at Kelly. I mean that's only this season though. I mean that's that's yeah. Not, it's, he's not even not, anywhere near his greatest. It's not even really, his greatest hits. We can go. We, I mean, I mean, nah. Everyone, everyone knows his greatest hits: yeah. Maltese plumbers, Broader Rangers, yeah. uh, blah blah blah. Oh, keep going. Uh, no, to be fair, I actually think blowing a th- third place from the position we were in, I think that's the worst. It's the most damaging one of the club. Um, we've had a lot of embarrassments under that man, but I think um, I think throwing away third place and giving it to Aberdeen, who would have capitulated without the guaranteed group stage football money, um, they were in big trouble. And uh, we've just let them back in again, and I think he should never be allowed back at Tynecastle again. It's a it's a really good point about Aberdeen. By yes, the way, aye. The, the, same same with Hibs. Hibs were on their arse or not? See if Hibs never won that Scottish Cup the next game season, you'd be lucky if they sold three thousand season tickets and they'd still be in the championship. But because of him and his charity, right, letting these teams back in, right, he's humped us. Simple as that. I I said it. I did More say it twice. that if if we had kind Ten of managed to now. managed to fall over the line, if you like, and and get that third place next season we we obviously said last this time last year we would have really kicked on this season obviously disappointingly that hasn't happened but kind of thought this season if we had more on Aberdeen and Hibs than us they would have really struggled because the, the good thing they is, invested Jamie, a lot last summer and yeah oh they gambled and they, they did and, and, and it was fair, fair for Hibs. Them. Hibs are still at square one by the way make no mistake about that yeah but Hibs, Hibs are a diddy club and they always will be um I think I think the thing the thing is with the whole thing that annoys me about the the Aberdeen situation now and, and the way hearts are is we we said, look, why didn't we? We didn't even once break our transfer record this this summer. I expected us to. We were the ones that needed to grow some balls and not even gamble. I don't think it was a case of gambling. It's always the case with Hearts, though, Gordon. Yeah, we always seem to rest on our rest yeah, on exactly. You know, you know we still seasons before. Oh, we never group, you know, or because we took five thousand fans to Florence. So let's give ourselves a pat on the back. Oh, it was a great achievement. What was a great achievement? We got pumped five one. It's fucking shite. Yeah. You know, it's going there, and again, we were 2-0 down. Well, 4-0 down at half-time. It was an embarrassing performance. It wasn't Real Madrid we were playing. It wasn't Bar- but even if we were playing Real Madrid or Barcelona, I would still expect us to do, uh, expect us to do the basics right. Um, yeah, just the whole campaign again. We were just happy to be there. We're delighted to be... You know, we harp on about being a big club, right? But the thing is, half our supporters are diddies, and half the board are diddies this as well. This is the point I was about to make. Should... There was a lot of talk about, oh, we should just be happy to be there. Yeah. Hearts fans shouldn't just be happy to be in the Conference League. We should be more competitive, shouldn't we? 100%. I mean, I think of Celtic and Rangers in the Conference League, they're trying to win it. We share a league with these two teams, and, we, and we've and we shown this season at times that we can compete with both of them. Um, I think in a competition like the Conference League, I always think Hearts should be aiming to try and get their, out of their group. I don't think that's unrealistic. Yeah, Istanbul are a good side. Yeah, Fiorentina are a decent side. But, are both of them world beaters? No. I mean, to 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 lose in the manner that we lost those games. Particularly when you look at Riga, right, who 
went to Florence and got a draw. And then we turn up and get pumped 5-1. I just think it's things like that that really, really annoy me. Um, and even the home games as well, you know. Fine, if these teams are going to beat you, make them work for it, man. I think that's a Scottish football thing, though. I mean, I, I I'm, I, yeah, I'm, 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 always, I'm always first to jump down and slag Scottish football because I absolutely detest the attitude that we've got as a nation when it comes to our sport, right? We, we're a massive country in football in terms. Like, an absolute massive country in t- football in terms our club hearts, like you look at our attendances, our season ticket numbers, like everything that you sort of measure clubs by across not not just in Scotland, like across Europe, right? And I, I've said this on this on this show before, back in the day when we we're, when we're talking about the European games and that kind of thing. There's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be competing at that level. The Conference League's not a high level at all, right? There are some half decent clubs in there that fall down into that into that because they had a generally, I mean, Villa have done it this season in the Premier League, they probably had a good season, but like if Tottenham finish seventh, they're fuming, right? But they're they're a half decent side that drop into that league. And you're looking at teams like that that have had a bad season, they're trying to bounce back. Scottish football in general looks at looks at clubs like Hearts, Aberdeen, Hibs. And they think that we're all big diddies, right? And we back it up. Our support back it up. Going, going, going to Florence, getting pumped 5-1 and celebrating like it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in your life sums that attitude up. And I think it's like a national thing. It comes for, the, for like everyone that follows Scottish football. We're a huge football club. We're an absolutely fucking massive football club. We sell out a 20,000-seater stadium. Should be bigger, waste of money. But we sell out a 20,000-seater stadium every single week. There are teams on the continent that win their league every year that would fucking kill for that level of support. And we don't sell it as a nation. We don't sell it as the SF. The SFA don't sell the product. But we should be doing better. We should have more money. And we should be competing at that level. And to think that way is not... Not me being deluded and me being this like irrational Hearts fan that thinks we're better than we are. No, we should be better than that. And it's not just us. Aberdeen, if if Celtic go on and win this Scottish Cup, Aberdeen should be competing at that level as well. They won't because they're diddies. But they should, right? Fundamentally, they should. And that pisses me off so much. Like We nominated Florence away as one of the moments of the season at the end of the season awards. We got gubbed. <laughs> we got absolutely gubbed. <laughs> well, that, that just shows I mean, you the ambition, doesn't it? Pot. It's absolutely tin pot. And then... Like God, I'm saying about them going, people going limbs at eyebrows. I'm not going to criticise guys who went through to Glasgow on a Wednesday night, right? Because I couldn't be asked. Yeah, we, yeah. And I've went to pretty much every game this season, but that was just a bridge too far for me. I'm, I'm fed up with. It. But we were right though to sit. In the no, pool. we were. But th- there was, there was people when that goal went in at Florence, right? I didn't stand up. I couldn't be asked. We were four 0 We were four 0 down. There was people going absolutely <coughs> limbs at a goal to pull us back to four one down. I know. Right. And I just, now, if Humphreys had scored in the first minute, absolutely fair enough. That yeah. would have been absolute limbs, understandable. But yeah, we were four nine down. We're three 0 down. Like, like, yeah, like, were you in the ground? We went three 0 down. Yeah, I was. I mean, I I, I seen. I missed us go one 0 down. I think, but I got just in time for them to rattle in that free kick for two. I mean, sitting there thinking this is going to be Dundee United Alkmaar because like. I mean, five ones an embarrassment, but you got a better team than us. Whatever. See when it starts getting seven or eight, it doesn't even matter the, the the difference in levels. Like. That is an absolute embarrassment, and that's the way that game was going at one point. And we're lucky it was an Italian side, no a German or a Dutch or a Spanish side, because Italians will win the game and stop. That's what they do. They, they're no interest in putting six or seven past a team; they'll just go over. Ah, the game's done. German side, Spanish side. That game ends nine ten, and it's people still be like, one of the greatest nights of my life. How? How? In what way? 
Yeah, well, we was one of the greatest nights. We got absolutely pumped. Yeah, I, I actually thought Fiorentina had scored because obviously it was right at the start of the second half and I, I just wasn't really... Clearly it was too buckled, but like forgetting that teams had switched sides. So I genuinely, I honestly thought Fiorentina had scored. I could you not have felt Fiorentina had scored. Bracey was asleep beside me as well, so we were just like... Oh. I sat down next to Sarah and went... And we like, Humphreys broke through and I went, I'm not going to stand up if this goes in. And then he scored. And you just seen like... Because like Gordon and Ali were standing behind me. You seen Gordon just raging. Looked over at the Hearts fans and other bit. Going absolutely tits. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people, man? Like we're getting absolutely pumped. Like it was, it was it's embarrassing. And then we get the end of the season. As at that the point in time, we've already, we've already chucked the eleven point lead for third. Get the end of the season. Go. What sort of moment of the year is it? One of the three 0 wins against Hibs. Is it a five 0 win against Aberdeen? Is it Shankland breaking John Robertson's goal scoring record for a season? Is anything? No, no, no. It's a five one drubbing in Europe <laughs> because we sang a bit. <laughs> Fucking mortifying. <laughs> Like, <laughs> but that just sums us up. Yeah. Even Riga, like you could put Riga in there because at least we. At won. least it was a win. Yeah, yeah it was a win so away like from can, home. I'm fine yeah. with the European thing, even though we never qualified. But it's yeah, like, a bit weird. To like say. I would say, well, like, we when, scored against Fiorentina when we got beat five one. Yeah. Obviously. Oh no, they just put it down as the whole night. That the whole trip has a as a moment of the season. All the fans in Florence, and you're just sitting there like, <laughs> ah, alright, it was smashing was before better. the game. As soon as the game started, I can imagine. Was... I can imagine other European trips being better, Gordon. Oh, miles. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think. Um, Riga definitely tops it, not because, uh, I've said this before, not because we we won, but generally thought it was a beautiful city. Um, and, you know, we got Limbs as well. Um, but, no, I, I did, I really enjoyed Riga. And, and then Zurich as well. Yeah, Zurich was brilliant. I thought Zurich was Zurich great. Was fantastic. Um, again, I thought the police were excellent with us. I thought there was a really good carnival atmosphere. Shame that we chucked it on the park, losers. Um, but then, apart from that, you know, it was uh, it was it was a good overall trip. And um, there's a moment in Zurich, right, that I'll never forget. And I was standing in the crowd, raging that we'd not won the game, fucking swinging my arms about, steaming, pissed, look pissed off. And some guy turned around and he goes, "What mirror do you want?" I was like, "A win. <laughs> I wanted a win." A draw. Like, I want to go Aye, it's through Neil, this it's, you know, it's Those cunts were in a relegation battle Aye. for the entire season. It wasn't even in their own loser stadium. came over clapping the crowd uh, when we got bad. She didn't, eh? He was, he, he was, he was, he, no, he did. Uh, he well. tried to clap. He tried to clap. I don't know if you can call it a clap, but he tried to clap. <laughs> he was Listen, he was delighted to get away by a 2-1 defeat, and that, that probably sums up why he, he had to go. He's a fucking um, loser. He is a loser. Right, we can, we can sit here and we can, we can try and dart around it. Robbie Nielsen is the biggest loser that's ever been associated with our football club, and he's associated with it on three occasions mm. get him out so glad he's gone i <laughs> i hope we get to a point in this this recording right near the end stick around it might come probably won't right where we get to be optimistic because he's fucking gone to answer your question though Florence comes third um yeah. and the only reason i say that is because um, you've got Istanbul, which I actually, personally I enjoyed Istanbul. I mean, Ali shaking his head. See, see, Ali, um, our, our fan. I think if more people had came, if more people had came to Istanbul, you lose our frauds, yeah. right? If you so, joined me on Turkish Airline Direct, um, it would have been good. It would have been. Ali, I think Ali, it, Ali, I think why it wasn't Turkey good? It was fun. We couldn't drink. It was too big. I got scammed by someone cleaning my shoes, which I'm blaming <laughs> my dad for. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah, it's just too big the for kebabs people. that you picked. Riga was nice and compact, and the kickoff time at 10 p.m. definitely helped a wee bit. Um, mm. But no, I don't think I'll be back to Istanbul unless we get drawn against one of the teams next year. Be shaked ass away, please, driver. You got your photo of Mrs. Budge as well in Riga, I'm led to believe. Another embarrassment. <laughs> I got a canvas made of it, it's on my wall. 
Hello and welcome to part two of the Hearts Review end of season special with me, Matty Waugh, and a bunch of fruds. Gonna gonna start this trip by saying thanks to my father, legend, absolute hero of a man, absolutely love him, and uh, cheers for paying for my flights to our European singular trip because Robbie Nielsen is a loser. Dude, it's good that we're mentioning our our fans. Lenny, Lenny is an avid fan. I've already given Jim a shout. Ali's been on the show. Jim, 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 Jim did speak to me earlier today. And he asked him, um, we need to get Ali on. So we've, we've granted Jim's wishes. We've got Ali on the show this week. So he'll be a happy man. Actually, do you know what? I want to change my answer earlier on. Istanbul now comes third ahead of uh, Florence because I got to have a drink with my mate, Jim Hill. What a man, Jim. Lenny and Jim, top men. Florence just tanned a pizza by himself. And then was like, where are we going? Like, for a pizza, Jim. Huh? Came along. And then some fraud, some fraud bought a fucking salad. <laughs> yeah, some in Italy. Some fraud. Well, in Italy, guy, some fraud. Guy, a man, really lost. A man who, a man who <laughs> loves pizza more yeah. than anything yeah. else on this planet yeah. went to Italy, yeah. and the four days in Italy, then nice pizza pizza it was a lovely pizza, pizza restaurant. restaurant. And he goes, he goes, I'll take a Caesar salad, please. <laughs> and then the guy asked him if he wanted dressing. He said, nuts. He just ate dried chicken and lettuce. <laughs> ah, fucking hell! <laughs> what a fraud. Went, he went Italy for went Italy for five days. Loved a man who I've I've seen eat none but margarita pizza for days, and then goes to Italy for five days and doesn't order a single. Pizza exactly. and moans with every meal. <laughs> I don't like that meal. Dried chicken in Milan. I'll get a Milan. I'll, get, I'll just get a bit of chicken. Why? Why? Why would you do that? Why? That's that's another fan. Nick who's here. Yeah, the live studio audience. The live studio audience. Are you, you going to woo woo us? Are you going to woo? No. That was fucking terrible. <laughs> that was awful. We Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Right, so we're now going to uh, talk about um, the reason why our season failed. Um, was it all Robbie Nielsen's fault, Cal? Was it all Robbie Nielsen's fault? No. He takes a huge share of the blame, right? A massive, massive chunk. No, actually, no, no, no. I, I don't think he does. I think eighty percent him, twenty percent the board. I don't know if Robbie turned round to them and went, "I'm actually happy with the squad I've got here," right? And if he did, then it's entirely on him, because we knew that there was reinforcements needed that we didn't get. The man spent the whole summer being like, "Oh, we're the waste pre-seasons. We're, we're preparing for a for a Thursday Sunday schedule. Two games into Europe, we're a bit tired." Like. <laughs> Remember that bish, by the way. Yeah, we were in fucking July and August. Like, aye. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna play a game at Tyne Castle. Then we're gonna go to like fucking Carlisle away, and that'll represent European foot. Fuck aye, off, pre- absolutely. Crawley Town. I mean, talk shite. <laughs> Tranmere Rovers, and it's like, and then we're two. We weren't things. We're two games in. If I might even before the, before the fucking. Um, Istanbul game at home and he's sitting there going oh we're a bit tired how? how are we tired? <laughs> like how are we knackered? Uh, like when did, the, when did the alarm bells start ringing for you Calvin was it that point? the alarm bells just quickly when was men- when did mental fatigue start? was that September? mental fatigue was maybe two <laughs> games into Europe like two games into the groups I think mental fatigue started for me like at the start of the season <laughs> yeah I think I mean you say alarm bells started ringing I, I actually don't think they did for me because we never got that far behind the rest of the pack and I was mm. always like I said it on this a million times that if we were six point within six points going into Christmas we'd be fine and we should have been because we were, we were four points and we got up to a fucking 11 point gap that should have been it done but inevitably late February in fact all of February I'm going to include all of February because Livy away was a disgrace Rangers at home was a disgrace Dundee United we got away with it because they're fucking they're just awful they're an awful football team and aside from that February, March killed us it absolutely killed us one win in that that run would have been enough. 
but we didn't. And he should have been gone after Pataudry. I know Gordon Amat said he should have been gone to start the season, which is fair enough. But in a genuine thing, he should have been gone after Pataudry because it was clear as day that the players had stopped playing for him. But we never got a reaction after that away at Kelly. The fact that the board sat and went, oh, we'll just wait, we'll wait till we slip out a third before we make the decision. If they made the decision after Kelly, when they should have, Naismith would have had his terrible game in St Mirren, we'd have went Easter Road and won, and we'd have been third. Right? And the, like, I'm g- going to go off a complete tangent here about the board generally. The board make the easy decision. Every, not easy, sorry, they don't make a decision. The board wait, they've done it the entire time that this this regime's been in charge, is they, make, they wait till the decision's made for them, right? They've done it with, well, Nielsen left the first time so the decision was made for them. They then appointed Ian Cafro because he was the man that the fans wanted. Never done any due diligence on him at all, right? We all got a bit carried away. They then McCaffrey should have got rid of him in the summer, but didn't because it was hard. They waited till we crashed at the League Cup group stages and the decision was made. They then appointed Levine without ma- without making a decision, right? Six weeks later. Six weeks later, they, they finally they just let Levine have the job. They then wouldn't sack the man until we until we actually dropped to bottom of the league. They then, with Austin McPhee, waited till we lost nine games in the spin. What a great then, suit, though. <laughs> oh, fuck off. And then, then made a, then then again the decision was made at that point. They then had to go and get a manager. <laughs> Sorry though, that suit. No, it was awful. Should have been sacked for that yeah, suit. Yeah, he should, wait, that he should never have been suit. in the job. I mean, he's a, he's got to be one of the longest caretaker manager. Nine games in charge, two and a half months. He got a cup semi and played White and McLean up front. That should have been him there and then. And then after that, they then with the Stendhal one. Stendhal one's the only the only decision they made because they got to bring back their boy Robbie. Right, but Robbie should have been gone after Broda. That was the, that was that would have been a hard decision for them to make because we're still sitting top of the championship. But I he should have went. They were never doing that. I'll, I'll give them their due. Then they were never sacking a manager two months after bringing them back. And they're doing, but they're doing it again. They're doing it again right now. It's like they, nobody would have been more relieved that we finished fourth than them. They basically what they wanted to happen was they wanted Stevie Naismith to do enough within his temporary role to make it. A non-decision. Yeah, they didn't want to make a choice. They wanted every single fan to sit there. Well, it, it's th- the easy option. This is my problem. With You're not going to get right? enough is fans that are upset at him getting the I, job. I actually think there's there's decent there's, there's decent plus points in favour of Stephen Naismith, right? And if the board yes. sitting if the board sit and they go through those applications, they get guys in for interviews, they look at their plans, etc., and go, you know what, Naismith is a better option. I'm fine with it. My problem with going straight to Stephen Naismith is it's once again the easy way out. There's a lot. I mean, he's shown me a fair bit. Like I say, he's the highest points total. In the I wouldn't split be since upset. I wouldn't be upset if he got the job, but I want us to go through an actual. Yeah, process. that's what I mean. That, that's my exact point because they, they don't make decisions. They wait till decisions are made for them, and it'll be the same if Naismith fails. By the way, they won't sack him till we're twelve. No, they'll wait. They'll wait till whatever goal that we've set, probably top six, because they're a bunch of losers and they wouldn't try to name any higher. But as soon as that's like no longer available, then that will be the issue. I think that's harsh to say that the, the goal was top six because I mean the. The Hearts were very vocal last season that the the goal was top three. I mean, third place was the was the aim. Hearts were very vocal. Andrew yeah. McKinley and Bush, no, they, they everybody clearly, was very vocal that that was the aim for this season, and rightly so, of course. But I think that's harsh to kind of brand them all losers. I, when they, they clearly showed that was that was the aim, but it was ultimately the ultimately when that was slipping away from us, it was. And I get the whole thing. Everyone's like, you can't sack him. We're sitting in third. That that was a hard decision to make, but it was it was the right one, and they didn't make it. And once again, we once again we're suffering as a result of them not doing it. But coming back on your point though, Jimmy, like it's fair to say, oh, that's the ambition. We want to do that, you know, blah blah blah. Let's speak to the media. Let's speak to the media. But they don't put their money where their mouth is. They didn't invest properly. The am- the ambition that they spoke about in the summer was there there for all to see. I mean, you can go back and listen to our podcast for the summer. I mean, Gordon was very adamant. Myself as well. We had an opportunity to bring in Ellis Sims, right? 
a man who went out on loan in Sunderland in the Championship, had a fantastic first six months of the season and has made Premier League appearances for an admittedly terrible Everton team, but has made Premier League appearances since uh, then. You leave the toffees out of this. That man, that man would have cost us probably a million quid, right? Probably would have cost us a million quid. I mean, ballpark. No, I, th- I think. No, I think. I think. I think he's right in terms of fee. You probably would be looking at around. You'd be looking at a about ten. Pounds. You'd be looking at about ten, ten, twenty, twelve grand a week and a million quid, yeah. right? Ten, ten to fifteen. Our failure this season's cost us six million pounds. Mm-hmm. Like the maths just just add up. Simple well, as that. Sims won as an extra four points. He absolutely would have, yeah. yeah. He absolutely would have. I mean, we look. You look at the season that Josh Janelli's had, right? And I'm I'm a big critic of Josh Janelli. I think there's a lot of faults to his game, but he scored a lot of goals and he's had a lot of assists, right? Every, everything, everything that I don't like about Josh Janelli, Ellis Sims brings to this club. He holds the ball up. He fights. He's 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 a he's a top level footballer. That we'd have made money on. He'd have came into this that's team and we'd the, have made money key, on. That's him. the point. Gordon but we said don't this. we don't make these gambles. We don't make these choices. We don't try and proactively move forward and spend money and make money. And I get it's a risk, but he wasn't a risk, and we didn't do it. It's the same when it comes to when it comes to the defence as well. I mean, we never we never actively went out and spent money to try and make money and. That that's my big issue with this club. I I just don't think the the people in charge have the have the right sort of desire to try and go on and, and improve. I mean, there needs to be an element of risk taken, and we just we just don't take any. That's it. I mean, God and Naismith would be a non-risk appointment, right? There is an element of risk to an, un, an untried manager, but he's been in the job now. He's proved he can do a half decent level, and no one's going to argue if he gets given it. Because I just think it's a safe option. Like Gordon said, Gordon said at the start, he didn't speculate to accumulate. That, that was what Ellis Sims was. It was it, he was never going to be here for four years. It was one season. You take the punt, Ellis Sims comes in, scores you, does what he does done for the second half of last season, does it over a, over 12 game, does it over 12 months, does it in Europe, you sell him on. Because he'd go to a championship club in England. Like most championship clubs would line up to take Ellis Sims now. And they probably would have before. I mean, something was brilliant for Sunderland in the championship before he got injured. That's what you're talking about. Like Aberdeen have done that with Duke and Mayovsky. Right. Fair enough. Everyone's like, oh, we'll have to break the wage structure. So what? Like, to Gannon, like Aberdeen and Hibs were never closing the gap there if we went out and actually spent in the summer. Like, Hearts board like, well, you know what? We should be all right next year because we didn't spend all the money last year. But we should have, right? Because we spent all the money last year. We'd have got it again this year. We're clubbing no debt. Exactly. That's what I mean. So a wee bit of debt's all right. Yeah. Like, in fact, not a wee bit. As long as you can service it, debt's fine. That's what I mean. We make money off the fans. Yeah. We make money out of Europe. We make a profit every year. We've got a benefactor, Gordon. Um, I would, uh, I'd assume you've got the same sort of opinion. This was a missed opportunity, wasn't it? Oh Christ, I, I think it's one of the biggest failures in Hearts' recent history, which there's a long list of um, pretty high standard to to try and beat. But yeah, uh, the only way that they can try and make that up now is one, get the managerial appointment right, uh, and then two, investing in the squad that's going to give us. An opportunity to try and get into the groups. I mean, looking at the the way the the sort of clubs that you potentially be playing in, whether it be the third qualifying round or the playoff, it's very unlikely. But then again, if Riga can go and qualify, then why can't we? But I think it, it comes down to maybe a little bit. Like, I I don't know how the se- the whole seeding thing works, and but just looking at the teams that are are, are probably going to be playing in the Conference League at the moment in those qualifying rounds. It's very unlikely. Yeah. The, problem, the problem we have is like teams like Riga still have to go through a sort of champions path. Yeah, of yeah. So they get knocked out the Europa, knocked out the Champions League, Europa League, and then they fall in yeah, the yeah. Conference League. Yeah, I, I, ju- I just think you, you look at those teams and we can maybe even get Villa for fuck's sake, you know, uh, Besiktas, these sort of teams. Uh, yeah, you're, you're going to need a mammoth 
uh, a mammoth result to to try and turn it round, and I, I just unfortunately don't see that happening. Um, yeah, unfortunate, but it is. But we've got ourselves to blame. Uh, the only hope is that the coefficient will be okay, or or will be enough for for next season to to give us an opportunity. Um, I think the thing is now for, for what the the manager can do is is you go and win a trophy now next season. I think that's going to be the the minimum. Um, whether it's the League Cup or the Scottish Cup, go out and and try and go for it. You know they've shown that now they they've got a little bit of balls in the dugout that they can actually compete uh, with with the old firm teams. Just need a little bit of luck added on on and and that and and you never know you might be able to win a game. So hopefully. Um, Next season we can definitely end that 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 drought and and maybe take us on to a new level. But at the moment I think we're in it's as it's as low as I've ever felt about Hearts. Even 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 after relegation, really, it is. I just think from where where the club potentially could have been um, to where they are now, I just uh, it's as low as I've I've generally felt about them. I mean, you've explained it there. I'm just thinking that's that's quite a call considering yeah. you've had a couple of seasons in the. In the championship, I know yeah. obviously the first one was was kind of expected for for obvious circumstances, and the second one obviously. But, but, but even even the first one, they had a lot of young players that you thought you know could maybe do okay, and then the club obviously was under new ownership, so I think there was an opportunity there to to be better. Obviously, the COVID one was a disaster, absolutely. But we all knew that um, even back then, we knew that actually if the club can get back to third, they'll be in Europe quite quickly. So there was that challenge. Can can the club quickly turn things round? Thanks, and to, thanks to Robbie as well. No, no I think I think it was actually enlarged to to Joe Savage, really, to be honest. But um, I think if there wasn't a competent sporting director in there, then I think the club really would probably still win the championship. Actually, would Mister Naismith not be a forward-thinking, positive appointment? I think it's a lucky appointment he because he he happened to retire when he was already at the club. He's fell into the B team role, and then he's came in for the last seven games, and he's happened to turn around a. a, a Pretty much sinking ship. That's really. irrelevant. Though. Moving forward, would Mr. Naismith be a? No, but Naismith thinking, was, was. Does Mr. Naismith play a positive style of play, much like Ava does with the women's I, team? Does it's difficult to say because obviously he's he's not had his. I think it depends on what he wants because he's not actually come out and says what his, his football and philosophy is, if you like. Um, I think Naismith, what he's done is you already seen that he's a better coach than Nielsen because, like I said earlier on, you look at the difference. Oda is a prime example. Um, I think able to change a player around that quickly shows that you've got something about you yep. and I think he's got the type of mentality the type of temperament that would do well for a club like Hearts actually I still maintain I think you know people talk about Stendhal being a disaster but um, if he'd came in in the summer I'm telling you I think he could have done well some of the best I mean look at the Rangers look at those two Rangers games man you know what I mean we had fucking four five strikers on the park at one point um, and I just think those types of ballsy managerial moves that I mean even Chaba, right? I mean when Chaba came in, in two thousand and eight, right? Our record against the old farm was alright. It was actually Chaba <laughs> and Paolo, like this thing foreign managers you bring them in and they've got that they don't they don't have that ingrained and to be fair the one thing I'll give I'll give Naismith in that as well is the way he sort of looks at football, the way he sets up is he's no scared of them either. Like he he was a massive part of, of Rangers success for a long period of time. But he's a born winner. Like his his attitude isn't like you seen it in both, both the games he's played in his old firm. So like the best performance I've seen us putting in Glasgow in a long time, like a very long time. First half against Celtic as well, given the golfing class, I'd say we would slightly got the better of them till the sending off. 
I mean, I, I agree with Calvin completely there. I mean, we I think we're in a situation now where I think you could even fail into a good decision right now. I think a lot of the stuff that, that Naismith's implemented in the last sort of four or five games especially, I mean, you look at you look at the 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 winner against Aberdeen, Shanklin's goal, right? Cochrane's inverted. Cochrane's came into a central position, right? And he's then made an he's then made an outside run on the overlap and put in a cross. I mean, bringing your fullbacks in something that um, Mister spent thirty million and had the greatest fucking achievement in Scottish football has been getting lauded for, right? I mean, Ange Postecoglou's inverted his fullbacks at Celtic, and everyone's acting like it's the greatest thing in, in since fucking sliced bread, right? It's pretty common in like the modern way of playing football. A, a lot of the sort of progressive coaches sort of look that way, and Naismith's playing that. He's doing it with we've seen it with Atkinson's coming in. There's, they're making inverted runs into the middle. Th- there are elements of that that seem seem sort of like really interesting. And Naismith's got a Naismith's got a great pedigree. Like, there's absolutely no denying this as well. He's, play, like, he's played under a variety of managers as well. I mean, exactly. D- like, d- managers, under managers, managers with different like, style. He's played under, I mean, he, he played under, as much as I think he's an absolute fraud, he played under Roberto Martinez. Yeah. He's played under a lot of good good sort of Moyes, managers Walter his time Smith. at Everton. He's played under Walter Smith at Rangers. He had a great international career. I mean, this man's played 50-odd times for Scotland. Like, Stephen Naismith is a really, really, really interesting appointment. Mm. I think there's a lot about him to like. Have we lucked into it? Yeah. I mean, we gave him far too long a contract under Mr. Levine, right? That he was never going to be able to see out. I mean, if anyone that looked at him knew he didn't have the legs for that. We gave him the B-team manager job because he still had a contract for a year and we had to do something with him when he retired from football. But he's got a great pedigree. I mean, all, I mean, all, you look through the sort of like... We always said when he came in that yeah. he, he did look like a future Hearts manager. It's now down to what the board do and do they back him. Um, you've, you, as I said, I know a lot of people will maybe look at it from the outside and go, well, there's not a lot that needs done to that hard squad. Well, actually, there is. There's some serious surgery needed done to the defence. In your opinion, of course. Well, I think it's factual. I think it's factual. The defence is as schoolboys as they come. Um, I think some serious surgery needs to be done to that. Back because we've conceded the same amount of goals as fucking Ross County. So, I'm sorry, it, it needs serious surgery. And I think in the middle of the park... Depending on what style of play he want, wants to, to implement, he might want a more creative kind of box-to-box midfielder in there, if they still exist. Um, and and then, obviously, I think up front, I think we're fine. I think he keeps Ginelli then. I think it's a pretty good, good forward line. He might fancy going elsewhere, then fine. Good luck to the guy. You've then got to go and sign a, a similar... Well, actually, you really want a, a better player. You know, There's no point saying, um, well, we'll sign someone that can maybe... Uh, matchup. I've seen people going on about Gent Curtis Main would be a good sign into the depth. That's the type of loser mentality that we do not need. No, we'll not be suck at fucking signing Curtis Main. Do me a favour, right? Van Veen, same stamp exactly. They, they, you, you need, you need better. And I think, I think definitely with um, Joe Savage's type of uh, recruitment policy. I mean, you've seen the uh, with Oda already. You know, he, he, I think he'll be a key player next season. You certainly wouldn't have seen said that even three months ago. I am hopeful for the future now. Um, but I just hope that the board will actually seriously invest into the club because they need to now. Um, because if they want European football on a regular basis, it's already saying, man, we'll, we'll bank that money because you never know when you might need it again. Well, we need it now. So fucking invest or you won't be getting 15,000 season ticket holders every every um, season from now on because um, the fans deserve better and you've let them down, right? Every single one of you is on that board has let, this, let all our fans down. 
Paid thousands of pounds watching Hearts this season and you've let us down three away wins all season is embarrassment because that loser fraud was allowed to keep uh, to, to stay in position for too long. He's gone now. Competent manager in. Someone... Listen, Hearts get beat fine, right? But there's ways of losing games. And um, now as a football club, we need to start rising our potential and um, create some fucking memories. We deserve it, man. So just before we finish, we're going to... Um announce our player of the year this year um, each of you get a nomination so um, give us a nomination Gordon uh, well look I think I, I I was actually at the Sky Lounge a couple of weeks ago and uh, <laughs> it, it was Sky magnificent Lounge, yeah. I have to say and obviously um, no it's called the Sky Lounge isn't it Sky Lounge oh, well, I've always called Sky the Sky Lounge we always call it the Sky Lounge <laughs> tomato tomato yeah. um and I tell you what, the meal was one of the best I've had in, in a long, long time. And, they did and if, of the year if we were getting though. relegated, then it it would certainly, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it would certainly be uh, in in with a shout. But I think you can't look past our uh, stand-in captain for the season, twenty-eight goals. Um, he's been fantastic, and mine's would be Lord and Shanklin. I don't think you can look past him. You can I give mean, the same person if you want. There's only there's only there is realistic only one option, right? Oh yeah, it's Lauren Shanklin. Sky Lounge is an option. I'd actually chucking the Donna Kebab Pie as well for being really fucking. Yeah, so Donna Kebab Pie. Oh, you getting are you involved in this now? The Donna Kebab oh, yeah. Pie. <laughs> that that actually got a really good reaction from our fan Ali Hill. <laughs> you beat me to it. I was going to grab the mic one. and I'm, I'm not even in this podcast, but I was going to grab the mic and talk to you about the uh, to talk about the Donna Kebab Pie. You've had one as season. well. I don't know. Like you say, you're a big fan, but Ali, tell us more. Depends what time you get. Sometimes you leave it too long. It's a wee bit dry and the sauce has, has disappeared. But if you get there early, like I do, then you get you get. A, <laughs> <laughs> get a good, you get a good pie, nice amount of chilli sauce, it's really good. Well, we've got the Donner Kebab pie, Lawrence Shankland and Sky Lounge. <laughs> no, I'm not, no, 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 that was Sky my Lounge a few years ago, but it's not number one on TripAdvisor anymore, so unfortunately, team points off of that. Yeah. I would, it's, it's actually really hard when you look, you look through it, there's, there's not many other options. <sighs> just chuck Josh Nelly there, just because he's he scored a lot and of Josh goals in midfield, okay. I think that's the, the, the sort of easy option. Maybe okay. Andrew McKinley for getting rid of Robbie Nielsen. Right. Actually, Andrew yeah, no, what, that's what I'm going to call okay. Andrew McKinley for Bulletin Foodle. Okay, Andrew <laughs> Andrew McKinley. I'm, I'm, Robbie Nielsen, sorry. I'm going to... Robbie Nielsen, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with the Sky, Lo- Sky Lounge, Matty. I mean... Is there anybody else? The obvious sort of, like, two have been mentioned. Um, Donner Kebab Pie being one. You've got, uh, well, three. Donner Kebab Pie, Sky Lounge, um, Lawrence Shankland, Josh Janelli. Andrew not, Would not be having him in my top three, to be honest with you. Absolute disgrace of a football. But Andrew McKinley. Uh, Andrew McKinley for Bullet in the Dud. He's got to be involved. But for me, I think the most important sign of the season has to be... Not, not sign of the season, sorry. Player of the season has to be a man who doesn't like all the right people. Andrew Halliday. Sorry, can I can I change mine? I mean, I mean, you're allowed to, yeah. Why yeah. not? Can I just put on, put on record my my favourite player of the year, the man who I, I love more than anyone else at that football club. Got a, a lovely launch of a water bottle. Man of the match at Parkhead, probably the best goalkeeper performance I've seen in Glasgow in a long time. Yep. Um, team of the week. Yep. Ross Stewart. Ross cheesy Stewart. Cheesy. A man who's redeemed himself in my eyes after yep. the broader shambles. Yep. I would, yeah. My, my player of the year is Ross Stewart. We give it cheesy. I'm resigning for this fucking podcast, by the way. I, d- I didn't care how fucking funny he is. None, none of you were fucking Motherwell away last year. Fucking loser. That's a meaningless game. Nah, fuck him. He's pish. 
right? Nah. So so cheesy doner kebab pie. Jamie, um, you, you've heard all these suggestions here. Um, who do you think? You, you've you've watched the team quite a lot this season. Who who do you think? Cheesy's uh, an, an honourable mention actually from Calvin. There, you've also missed the fact that he punched the cap snap back off of uh, CJ Egan Riley. That's what he was. That's what he was sent off for. He was sent off at full time after the the whistle against Hibster punching the the cap off of CJ Egan Riley. I, I will go with the the sensible answer of of Lawrence Shankland. Um, obviously Robbie's Robbie signing. Robbie said if he wanted one striker, it would have been Lawrence, and obviously thankfully. Robbie did do one. Uh, that was one of Robbie's uh, one of Robbie's good things um, that he did was was sign Chang. And I also think uh, young Ewan Henderson deserves a mention. He's managed to get Inverness to the Scottish Cup final. Uh, I think it's also worth mentioning that uh, Spencer and I obviously knew that this guy would play a part deep into the Scottish Cup, and uh, obviously that's what's transpired. And we need we need to come to a consensus here. I'm uh, feeling the Donner Kebab Pie might not win. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Calvin, Calvin wants to add one more. One more, a Mr. Michael O'Leary of Ryanair fame for fucking ruining Gordon's life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, w- I was well compensated, which technically funded virtually the majority of the trip. It's quite obvious, I think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for um, Lauren Shankland. Say that you love me. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, it's it's a it's a very obvious decision. I think I'm gonna vote for the man that Robbie Nielsen thought was the greatest centre midfielder at the football club. And I'm going to give it to Lawrence when he played up front, not centre midfield, Shankland. Realistically, there is, there is only one option. The man who's broke John Robertson's... Um, twi- the first man I've actually seen score 20 league goals in a season, which is fantastic, despite playing a team that creates fuck all, right? Um, yeah, it's, uh, my biggest thing with Shankland when he came in, I thought he was a tapping merchant. I think a lot of us did. And then you watch him, even in that game against Hibs last week, didn't score, but won us the game ultimately he's a phenomenal player really good captain as well I think he's taken that role really well um, another decision that was obviously made by Robbie I, I, it was, but what was the other option stop clock is also right twice a day <laughs> I mean, there, there was there was umpteen other players that Robbie could have picked Robbie picked Shankland and that's, right, any, uh, anyway, that's another decision anyway, that's proved to be right anyway, it's Lauren Shankland move, move on now uh, Lauren <laughs> Shankland is the harsh fucking <laughs> loser <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to announce that um, Lauren. No, 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 no. <laughs> go, go, Cal. Do you know what? The Hearts of You should win the Player of the Year for getting them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end the show, but we can't award it to ourselves. No, you know, it's we can't award it to ourselves. Season's over. I've got a barbecue to start. I've got a barbecue to start. I've got one more thing from Matty. He's got the last word, then I'll have the actual last word. As much as this season's been miserable, depressing, and ultimately a failure, he's fucking gone. And we don't need to watch his shitty style of play next season. Until next time, folks. The Gorky boys are in town. Well, Lauren Shankland is our player of the year. Thank you for joining us this season. Um, yeah, until um, next season. Hope you have a good summer. Oh, and I will. I'm going to Vegas. Yeah, good, good. Glad. Away for her. Nah. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, until next season. Goodbye. You say that.